Hey, welcome to the Faith NFM podcast. We appreciate your time today, and we encourage you to head on over to faithnfm.com where you can find the notes for this presentation, as well as links to all that's happening around Faith Assembly. Our hope is that this message helps move you forward in your faith journey. Good morning. Thank you for joining us today as we celebrate Christmas, this Christmas season and this month. Uh, Christmas is a time to party. How many of you like to attend a good party? Let's be honest now, right? Like you got the good food, you got the cookies, you got the time together with most of the people you like. It's a great time to get together, you know, and actually Christmas is a party for Jesus. And you know what I love about the party for Jesus? It's not just a one-day event. It's like a season. It is a few weeks if you're really maybe conservative. In my house, it's a couple months. And we love to party for Christmas, and we love to party about Jesus' birthday. However, you know the irony is, when it comes to the characters of Christmas, that Jesus is often left off that list. Jesus is often forgotten. We celebrate Rudolph, the red-nosed reindeer, right? We have the Grinch that, you know, the old Grinch with Jim Carrey to the new one to the even old, old, old Dr. Seuss one, right? We know these characters, and maybe you're a grown man in here, and you can quote the movie Elf more than you even know the Word of God. Woo, I don't want to touch on that too much, but let me maybe call me the Grinch, but let me just put this in perspective. Will Ferrell, grown man in tights. Let me sum it up there. <laughs> when we talk about Christmas, we oftentimes forget about why we have this season or who we're celebrating. I've been asking people lately throughout this Christmas season, why do you love Christmas? Here's a lot of the responses they would give me. I love my Christmas bonus, right? Right, do. I love vacation. I love seeing friends. I love being with family. I love the Christmas parties. I love getting off time from school, right, students? We love it. We, we like the time, and you know who we don't put on the reason of why we love Christmas half the time? is Jesus. He's almost an afterthought when it comes to this season. But the irony of it is this. Without Jesus, we don't have Christmas cookies. We don't have parties. We don't have Christmas movies and music. We don't have vacation time or no school or or Christmas bonus. Jesus is the reason for the season. Join me in Luke chapter 2, verse 10. We're going to follow along, and we're just going to touch base real briefly on why Jesus matters to you and I. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He's talking to a group of shepherds. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. This is what Jesus makes Christmas for us. This is our baseline. First, Jesus makes Christmas personal. You look at this text real quickly, and it says, I bring you. That means the good news is for you. The good news is for me. It's personally, one-on-one, for each and every one of us. 
Jesus cares about you so much that he wants to know you one-on-one. Secondly, it's positive. Jesus makes it positive. I love how people get angry when they're like, Christmas in the church is commercialized. I think God would celebrate it even bigger than what we do now. If he could throw the party, it would be amazing because you know what would happen? There's a lot of negativity in the world, right? A lot of hurt, a lot of pain. You turn on the news and it causes maybe friction and tension in your own household. But Jesus makes it positive. This Christmas season, this festivity, it's positive. And then thirdly, Jesus makes it for all people. Bring great joy to all people. Not just the goody two-shoes, not the people that make the nice list, but yes, even those on the naughty list. Christmas is for you. Jesus makes it for you. So in these next few weeks, we're going to be looking at really this concept, this idea of unwrapping Christmas. And today I want to talk to you about we need to unwrap the celebration. We need to unwrap our passion, our fervency, our praise in this Christmas season. And we're going to have reasons to celebrate what Jesus is doing for you and I. So today I want to give you four reasons why we need to celebrate. The first reason is this. We need to celebrate God's love for us. God's love for us. It's simple as that. How many of you know that you do some things that aren't necessarily worth loving? You're not perfect. You make mistakes. But no matter what happens, God loves you. The classic verse, maybe you've grown up in church and you've heard it time again. John 3.16 says this, For this is how God loved us, loved the world. Again, all people. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. God loves us. We celebrate his love for us. There's moments and times where we think we're unworthy and don't deserve it, but God comes to us in a personal manner and says, I love you. I love you on your good days. I love you on your bad days. God loves us so much that he became human. He became Jesus. Theology and theologians call it incarnation, that God became man. God wanted to meet you eye to eye, face to face. He wanted to get real with you on your level. So he came as a humble, beautiful baby boy. He didn't come as a politician. He didn't come as a celebrity. He didn't come as some person walking around with with all sorts of different snake oils and anything weird or perplexed. He came in a very simple picture. He didn't come as a they, them. He came as a man. God loves you. God cherishes you. If God wanted to come as an animal and communicate to birds, he would have come as a bird. But what's he choose to do? come as a human being so that we could learn to love him, so that we could learn to trust him. And that's what we celebrate this Christmas season, God's love for us. But he also gives us an opportunity to have a capacity to enjoy great gifts. How many of you love receiving gifts in this Christmas season, right? 
Or maybe if you're a parent and some of the great joy that we have is giving a gift to our children. That's almost just as good as now receiving gifts. And when you see this gift before us, it's, it's great to understand that God loves us so much that he gives us the capacity to give a gift, but also to receive a gift, and knowing that he is the ultimate gift giver. In 1 Timothy, we see in chapter 6, it says, Teach those who are rich in the world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable, which we know that if you follow the stock market, right? Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. We have a great gift, ultimate gift giver. He loves us so much that he gives us the capacity to enjoy our spouses and our intimate relationships, to have a good time with friends and, and hit the golf ball or play a little pickleball or maybe watch the Cincinnati Bengals beat the Browns this afternoon. Who day, all day, every day. I'm a Bengals guy. But God gives you great gifts to enjoy these elements in life. You know what everything God inspired and created the devils come along to corrupt and manipulate? You talk about different things in life. It's because of God that we have good things to experience because of his love for us. In James 1, verse 18, he says, He chose to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prized possession. You might be thinking right now and in this moment, I have nothing to celebrate. I would stand before you right now. You have everything to celebrate because God's love is for you. Another reason we celebrate in this Christmas season is because God is with us. God is with us. How many of you know at a time or two you need a cheerleader in your life that you can get pretty sad, you can get pretty messed up in problems, in situations that makes you hang your head a little bit? I stand before you today and say God is with you no matter what you go through, no matter what you experience. My favorite movie probably in this Christmas season is Home Alone. Anybody familiar with it? Kevin! You know, and, and you have this whole story and this little man by the name of Kevin, Macaulay Culkin pay, plays and, and when he, he gets left at home and his parents are away, which is, you know, a little far-fetched. But he loves it. He has a few days where he rules his house. He watches whatever he wants. He eats whatever he wants. He gets into his siblings' home or his rooms, and, they, and he does whatever he wants. But then he goes through some trials, some tough situations. The thieves come, and as we laugh at the, the gimmicks and the tricks and the certain things he does to, to offset them or displace them or to beat them at their own game. When it's all said and done, he comes to this point where he felt lonely, he felt alone, and he's excited when he's reunited with safety of his parents and with his family. See, in life, very parallel to home alone, maybe life was good for you at one point. Maybe there are some things that excited you, that brought joy in your life. But now you look back, and you say, you know what? 
I've went through some hard things. There's a lot of pain in life. I'm all alone in this Christmas season. When you think of Christmas, you think, okay, reminder of I don't have my loved ones with me or people aren't there to take my phone call or, or, or whenever I'm opening presents, I, I don't have much to receive or those moments of joy with people in life. And you might feel all alone. But I got news for you. You can celebrate because God is always with you. Throughout history, people of honor, people of, of greatness were essentially given many different names. You know, Jesus has over 200 different names and titles attributed to him. Some of them are Lord of Lords, King of Kings, the Messiah, the Christ. But in this Christmas season, there's one specifically we look at, and that's this word by the name of Emmanuel, this title Emmanuel. In Matthew chapter 1, verse 23, he said, Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and you will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. God loves you so much that he's with you always. He's with you through whatever you go through, from the lowest times to the greatest times. God is with you. You might be in this place right now feeling lonely, feeling in this mix. No matter where you're feeling right now, know God is with you right now. In Isaiah 43, 2, I, I love how it's put when this prophet speaks. He says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through fire of oppression and you will not be burned up in flames, the flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I gave Egypt as a ransom for your freedom, and I gave Ethiopia and Seba in your place. God is with you. There's moments when I have to wake up and realize that there are times you feel alone, even if you have a great family and a great support system. But some of the most intimate, some of the most real, authentic, vulnerable times that you can have is your alone time with God. Encourage you, live and step out in prayer. Step by saying, hey God, I'm going to read maybe a verse a day. Because I need to affirm and confirm and see and have you grow in my life as I follow you, knowing that you're with me. Also, a reason to celebrate is this. We celebrate that God is for us. No matter what we go through, God is for us. That it doesn't matter how many mistakes we make, how many problems that we, we trip up on, he's, he's for us. One evangelist preacher, Wilbur Chapman, was in London. He had the opportunity to sit with this man by the name of General Booth. And if you know the story a little bit, General Booth is the founder of Salvation Army. You know, the, the guys who would dress up in a, 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 a Santa hat and, and ring the bell outside of the grocery store? Salvation Army oftentimes were those individuals. When this evangelist sat with the general... He asked him this. He said, what's your secret to success? 
At the time, General Booth was 80 years old, and he sat there in silence, and he sat there contemplative, and this is his response to that question. He hesitated for a second, Dr. Chapman said, and I saw the tears come into his eyes and steal down his cheeks. And then he said, I will tell you the secret. God has had all there was of me. There have been men greater brains than I had. There have been men with greater opportunities. But from the day I got the poor of London on my heart and a vision of what Jesus Christ could do in the poor of London, I made up my mind that God would have all of William Booth. There was. And there, is in, and there is no power, anything of power in the Salvation Army today. It is because God has all the adoration of my heart, all the power of my will, and all the influence of my life. Dr. Chapman went away from the meeting with General Booth knowing this. The greatness of a man's power is the measure of surrender. See, God wants to be for you, but God can't be for you if you're not willing to surrender everything you have. God can't be for you if there's addictions that you're holding on to. God can't be for you if you don't even want to attend church when you know you should. God can't be for you if you prioritize everything and put him in where he fits according to your schedule. See, as a pastor, my hope for people is this. They understand that you have a God that is for you, that is with you, that loves you, wants to see you flourish and experience the goodness of his love. But the starting place is complete surrender. So maybe you're in this place, and we'll give you some practical steps later as we close our message. But my hope for you, my prayer for you, even as I stand right now in front of you, I'm praying that you enter into a season and enter into a mindset and enter into a starting point, a relationship with Jesus. That you make him your Lord and leader in your life. That you realize he died on the cross for you. That he took your sin so you wouldn't. See, Christmas is this in, uh, the upcoming it's this expectation that hope has finally arrived it's Jesus I love how the late A.W. Tozer my favorite theologian puts he says God is looking for people through whom he can do the impossible what a pity that we plan only the things we can do by ourselves God's looking for you God wants you to experience all that he has for you. God is for you. That's why we celebrate. As the Apostle Paul puts it in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 31, it says, what shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who can ever be against us? A follower of Jesus should lead in such a way of confidence, of boldness, our shoulders back, because you know what? No matter what we go through, God is for us. God's so much for us. His body is for us. His 
blood is for us. When Jesus instituted communion in, in Matthew chapter 26, we see this. He says, as they were eating, Jesus took some bread and he blessed it, and then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples saying, take this and eat it, for this is my body. What he endured before the cross and on the cross, his body broken and in shambles for you. But he doesn't just start there. He, he, he puts a chain, a chain that can't be broken. And he says, here's my covenant for you, that no matter what comes, no matter what has happened, no matter what you think in your life, I will always be for you. And when we continue on in verse 27 of chapter 26 in Matthew, it says, and he took a cup of wine and he gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to him and said, each of you drink from it, for this, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. Always united, always together. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. God is for you. He was for you back then. He's for you now, and he's for you in the days to come. That's why we celebrate. You and I know we all need some encouragement a time or two in life. But we also celebrate that God has given us Jesus to celebrate Jesus' birthday. We celebrate Jesus' birthday. My sons, they, they love their birthday parties. How many of us love our birthday parties? I don't care what anybody says. Everybody's like, yeah, I don't like to celebrate my birthday. But I'm like, yeah, you do. You like the day about you. We do. Majority, 99.1%. We celebrate. Oftentimes after my son's birthdays, you know, a day goes by and they're like, hey, is it almost my birthday again? And you're like, dude, you got 363 days, buddy. Like, get in line. You know, I'm first. God loves celebration. I fundamentally believe this. What's celebrated is then duplicated. A lot of times people don't celebrate, so therefore it's not going to be duplicated. If something is worth seeing done again, you have to celebrate it. My children, I want them to know that this reason, this season, the reason we have Christmas is all because of Jesus. It's what we've built our whole calendar around with Jesus. B.C., A.D., all centers around whose birthday? Jesus' birthday. Even if you're an atheist or agnostic or someone with a different religious background, God's given us Jesus to celebrate his birthday, that everything in humanity, everything in history circles around his birthday. It's to be celebrated. In your notes, you'll see that there's actually seven feasts found in the Old Testament. The first one's the Passover. We see the Passover where that's celebrated as the, Egypt, or as the Israelites got past the, the, the last and final plague from their, their slavery. We see the unleavened bread, and we see this one take off. In Leviticus chapter 23, we get a list of these to reflect on hardships. And then we also see the, the Feast of the First Fruits to thank God and to honor Him. And then we see the Feast of Weeks. 
happened 50 days before the first fruits. So they would celebrate about the celebration. And then we also see the Feast of Trumpets. God commands his people to rest, celebrates resting. Then we also see in the Old Testament the the Day of Atonement, a day of humility. And then we also see the, the Feast of Booths. Feast after feast, celebration after celebration. Jesus' first miracle was at a wedding celebration. Christmas is to be celebrated, but not because of Rudolph, not because of presents, not because of cookies, but because of Jesus. I love how Psalms 113, the psalmist puts it this, Beautiful pictures. It says, praise the Lord. Yes, give him praise, O servants of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord now and forever, everywhere from the east to the west. Praise the name of the Lord. For the Lord is high above the nation. His glory is higher than the heavens. Who can be compared to the Lord our God? Who is enthroned on high? He stoops to look down on heaven and on earth. He lifts the poor from the dust and the needy from the garbage dump. He sets them among the princes and even the princes of his own people. Praise the Lord. We have so much to celebrate this Christmas season. My heart for you right now is that you celebrate that God's love is for you, that God is always with you, that God is for you to succeed and be a person that flourishes and impacts Southwest Florida. And then most importantly, always keep this season about Jesus. Everything is built on the event of his life, his birth, the way he lived, and how he went to the cross for you and I. The ultimate gift that we can have is to be made right with God, where Jesus went to the cross, died. And Bible says, whenever you believe that Jesus died for your sins, whenever you believe that he went to the cross in your place and that God raised him three days later, you will be saved. And then you start this faith journey process. My hope is that we capture that, that we hold on to that, that we receive that gift, that we have new life. So I want to leave you with two questions today. The first one is this. Looking back in this past year, what from this past year are you praising God for? What are you praising God for? And secondly, since it's Christmas and since it's Jesus' birthday, what will you give him this year? Maybe some of you need to reorient your priorities. Maybe you just need to have a starting place and say, you know what I need to do? I need to give Jesus my whole life and not just a portion of my life, but everything in my life. I need to move Jesus from this part of my list to the top part of my list. What are you willing to give Jesus this year? I'm going to ask you, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, 
to fill out a communication card in the lobby when you're walking by and just mark, hey, today I made a decision to follow Jesus. We will follow up with you and help you in your faith journey. This is not a time or a place where you have to do things alone. We're for you. As God is for us, we stand with you. And I also have a special prayer that I'm going to be praying for those in this place who just need to maybe tweak some of their priorities and say, you know what, I need to celebrate all God has. So I'm going to invite you, if you'll pray with me, with every head bowed and eye closed. God, we give you this time. You see the hearts in here. You see the people in this room. You see those who are in uh, a desperate need. Lord, we pray specifically that you will move in the, uh, this place. That those who've been on the fence, those who are far from you, Lord, we pray right now that they come into a real vibrant relationship with you through your son, Jesus. That they understand why they truly celebrate in this Christmas season. God, to be with them, lift them up. Lord, may there be divine encounters in this place. May there be people whose hearts are changed, minds are changed, souls and lives forever changed. And Lord, we also pray for those who've been in leading a steadfast life, that they continue to lead a steadfast life in this coming year and in this coming season. We give you this time. We give you this moment. We give you today as we celebrate you and your great and holy name. We all say, Amen. Hey, thanks for listening today. If you have any questions or would like to speak to someone concerning this message, we invite you to fill out our online communication card at faithnfm.com. And if you're able, we'd love to have you with us in person on Sundays at 9 a.m. or 1045 a.m. or on the best night of the week for Wednesday prayer at 7 p.m. We're at 7101 Bayshore Road in North Fort Myers, just two miles west of I-75 at exit 143. Thanks again for listening.